Hey, this is The Chic Strategy, the podcast about all the things beauty, fashion, and style. So grab your beverage of choice, settle in, and let me, Tuesday, and my co-host, Yvonne, teach you how to be the glam in the room. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of The Chic Strategy. I am your co-host Tuesday and Yvonne is with us as well. And this week we're going to be talking about some of our favorite podcasts. I'm excited to get into this episode. Yes, very exciting. If my stupid stitcher would go where I wanted to go. (laughs) (laughs) What, uh, before we dive into this topic. Yeah. What podcast player do you prefer I mostly listen to my podcast on Stitcher don't ask me why I don't know why (laughs) I I think I've listened to god I think I could tell you I don't know where I would tell you but it tells me like since I for years years upon years upon years I've been listening to Stitcher so that's where I get most of my podcasts from yeah. Stitcher, but some don't come on there. So then I, the second one would be Apple. And then I recently listened to one, just one, but I've listened to a couple others on Amazon because she releases an, uh, if you listen to her podcast on Amazon, she we releases one week early so I don't know why but okay there's a couple of podcasts I think they're I don't think they're on my list but they're I don't know if they're owned by like an Amazon affiliate or something like that but if you listen to them on Amazon they come a week early otherwise you have to wait wait a week or you have to subscribe I don't know why Amazon does that I I mean I know why Amazon does that but (laughs) Yeah, it's weird because her regular like weekly comes on Stitcher. Yeah. And then if I listen to it, it's a true crime one. It's not my it's not my favorite, but I I mostly listen to it when I'm just like, oh, I don't have anything else to listen to. Oh, let's listen to that one. It's a new one. And then mostly I'm just yelling in the I'm yelling into the <laughs> air, like, why are you dumb? Why would you do that? That's stupid. Why would you not know that? so yeah so that's pretty much what I do with that podcast well when I had an android phone I as well use stitcher for listening to pod podcast but after I got my iphone I just it was just kind of easy to move into apple podcasts and so that's where I get most of my podcasts now including our own our own yes <laughs> I have it on both of ours yes I have it on Stitcher and that yes I don't listen to any on Spotify even though we are technically a Spotify podcast yeah I don't listen to Spotify podcasts except for ours yeah I don't listen to Spotify podcasts as well because I don't I actually don't have a Spotify account so I, I miss out on all the things Spotify but I do have us I do have a saved on Apple, on Stitcher, on Amazon, and maybe one other place, if I'm not mistaken. I think there's we're on Google. Yeah, Google. Wherever, because, you know, I want us to have fans. <laughs> Even yes! <if> it's- <laughs> exactly, I know, right? Exactly. Okay, cool. So you're mostly on Apple. Yes. And everything kind of is everywhere. It seems there's a few that don't that tr- don't transfer over. So yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Okay, do you, how how are we doing this? I don't have a number, but I I just stuck with our 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 kind of default number of five. Okay, which was which ended up being a really good number because these are the five that I actually listen to on a regular basis. I subscribe to a lot of podcasts. I'm not going to lie, but I don't listen to that many of them regularly. The five that I picked, I, I'm pretty caught up on most of them. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. What do you, what Um, do you got? Okay. My list is a hodgepodge of stuff and maybe not what some people might be expecting, but yeah. But I'll start with, I guess, what would be obvious, and that is a fashion 
podcast and it's actually a fashion law podcast it is called the fashion law network and essentially it is run by a woman who's a lawyer out of california who specializes in patent and trademark law and she does she only does about one episode a month but she will talk about some particular fashion house usually give you a little history of them, maybe what makes them special or what what they have done that they would have patented or trademarked. And then she will talk about some case that is pending or has concluded that's in relation to that company. For example, the latest episode was about Cartier and the case that Cartier and Amazon have have are litigating right now against some Amazon sellers who are allegedly counterfeiting counterfeiting their Cartier love bracelet. Uh, She'll talk about the case. She'll talk about what kind of why it matters. And, you know, if it's been litigated to a particular point, she'll talk about that. Of course, I find this interesting one because it's fashion and two, because it's the law and, for those who are new to the podcast, I have a background in, in, in legal things. So, so this is very fascinating to me that these two things come together and I do really enjoy it. Okay. I just started following it. I don't know where to put it in my, like, in my groups, but I put it under business right now. So, <laughs> that works. okay. So, but yeah, I was like, oh, they, I, this looks very interesting. So, okay, very good. Okay, I like it. I like that one a lot. I cannot wait to start listening to that one. Okay, so my very first one is, and I've listened to this for years upon years upon years upon years, is called Happier with Gretchen Rubin. Yes, you've talked about that often. Yes, I love, love that show. I'm not quite caught up, but yes, I have listened to every episode since I think she started the podcast. So I probably was an early adopter. And Gretchen Rubin is a lady that writes about happiness and in how to be happier and things that, things that habits that we do that will create happiness and, and it within our lives. So yeah, I like her little show. She does it with her sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who is a writer in LA. She's a one. She's one of the, I think, EPs of Fantasy Island with her co-writer and co-EP Sarah Fain, and they also have a podcast separate from this podcast. And yeah, they talk about all kinds of things about how to be happier. I like it because it's two women, and I think Gretchen is probably in her mid mid to late 50s and then her sister Sarah is like early 50s so you know they're in my (laughs) in my age group I would say a little yeah a little bit older but you know it it helps because they're still working they're still creating they're still and Gretchen's super interesting like she finds she loves she writes all these other different books about she has she's doing a book about the five senses and she's, she's done a, or currently working on a book about color. And so she has a lot of varied interests and yeah, I really like that podcast a lot. Awesome. Love it. My next one is, is by someone who I consider to be a digital mentor, meaning I've never met her, but she has definitely influenced my career and work life quite a bit. And her name is Aliza Licht. And I, I know I'm pronouncing that right because she did tell me that I was. Anyways, she's the former, she's the former PR person for DKNY. She created the the DKNY PR girl, which was of Twitter fame some time ago before Donna Karen actually left DKNY and Donna Karen and before Lisa Licht left as well. She wrote a book called Leave Your Mark, and it is career advice for 
I would say for someone who is really starting their career or is maybe restarting their career, it's geared towards, I think, a little bit younger market than we're in. But Aliza is our age in, I think, in that kind of Gen X realm. But what I love about her podcast is that she interviews all of these insiders, a lot of fashion in, insiders, beauty insiders, editors, that kind of thing, and really gets their take on what made their careers, advice they have to give to people. And so the podcast is very much geared towards anybody who is trying What's the name to of the podcast? build their brand. It's called Leave Your Mark. Okay. Name is her book. She, they call it freshly brewed career advice with Aliza Licht. Wow. I do really love it. She's had some really great guests with a lot of really good insights. And if you follow, follow Aliza Licht online, she almost on the daily gives like a little career advice. And what I love about her and the podcast is, and the book is that it's a little old school. I think there's a lot of information out there now about, you know, leaving the nine to five to, you know, live your best life. And like, I'm 100% behind that. Don't get me wrong, but she definitely gives some credit to, you know, the people who do want to pursue a, maybe a more traditional type of job and how to do that. The art of, you know, networking and, getting ahead and what that takes. She definitely credits, you know, hard work. And I think in a world where a lot of this is, a lot of those ideas are being reconstructed, she has a way of, of shedding like the light on, on why maybe things that were, they were the way they were or are and changing the narrative a little bit so that it works for somebody in her, in their career now. Nice. Nice. I have her. I was like, wait a minute. I think I listened to that podcast, which I don't listen to it enough, obviously, but <laughs> I have it in my, I have it in my saved. So I need to, I have listened to a few cause I just looked it up. So yeah, I need to get back to that regularly. Are you listening to that pretty regularly? I do. Yeah. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Elisa. I, I really do enjoy. I do enjoy her advice and mentoring she's good okay awesome I'm definitely gonna have to listen to that all right my second one is this is so funny my (laughs) second one is called Mormon stories (laughs) something I have heard a lot about I don't know we've talked about a lot on this podcast but I've heard Yvonne talk about this podcast so much (laughs) yeah so Mormon stories. I started listening to it. A little bit of background about why I started listening to this this pod. I watch reality TV, as we probably all know by now. And I was watching The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and there is this my friend who also watches reality TV. She during the pandemic, she texts me and she was like, "Hey, I think you'd be interested in this podcast." And so it was one of the ladies from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, she was on this, uh, this episode of Mormon Stories. And so I was like, oh, cool, thanks. So I listened to it. And I listened to it mostly because she was on it. And I wanted to like know more about her story, because I found this person very interesting on the show, because she was Mormon. She's not more, I think she at that time wasn't, she was kind of in this transitional type of space and she had been married to quote-unquote Mormon royalty she was her ancestors are pioneers and so it's like a big deal in the Mormon community which I didn't know that at the time okay I have now learned a lot (laughs) I've learned a lot about like American history through this podcast I've learned a lot about how Mormonism kind of has I I don't want to say shaped, but yes, shaped in a way like history, American culture in a sense that I just didn't know about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so John Dillon is the host of this and he has, 
he has this podcast. He's been doing this podcast for 16 years. What? Yes, he's been doing oh this my podcast. Gosh. I know. I have not listened to 16 years worth of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but I have listened to I have listened to thousands of hours, thousands upon thousands wow. of hours of Mormon stories because he does these like long form interviews, like two, three, four eight hours multiple episode kind of hours of of interviews and it's a lot of it's a lot of people that well like this gal on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City she was on and her friend was on and talked about like she was talking about like her history and her where her mormon he always says tell us where your mormon story begins and then <laughs> and then she's like well you know i was born into the covenant and so i learned all these things over the thousands of hours that i've listened to yeah. and i was like oh these people were born mormon oh these people converted like there's certain lingo that i have now i totally understand <laughs> and it's interesting this like talking listening to people and how they deconstruct how they have like I haven't really listened to so many people that have stayed Mormon most of the people that I've listened to uh, there's a couple that have but most of the people I have listened to they have like left the faith and how hard it is to leave their faith and some people have become atheists some people have become evangelical Christians some people kind of are just I guess agnostic and so just however they and some people really had hard difficult times it, like it, it taught me a lot about myself okay. oddly enough oddly enough Very just oddly like enough. <laughs> yeah because I'm not Mormon I never grew up Mormon I didn't know anything really about Mormonism until I moved to the valley and I was like whoa what is even all of this so so I feel like I have my own Mormon story that's not even Mormon, but and but they I it's helped me because it's really helped me like think about where I stand with religion and spirituality and and all of these different things. And it's helped me understand, like it's helped me be more empathetic to some people too, like understanding like how these how they grow up like some people are very orthodox and 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 I just think oh I always tend to think like oh my god how ignorant how this and I'm like yeah but if you just didn't grow up knowing these things or you you grew up thinking that if you did these things or understood these or like lived this kind of way you'd be like damned to hell or or it, they don't really have that I guess but they have like if to be with your family like they believe like you know you go to all these different levels of heaven or whatever and so they want to be with their family and this is for their salvation and if you're doing all these things based on your salvation and you're tormented it's just like it's really taught me a lot honestly it's very it's taught me a lot so i really enjoy that podcast but I like it. It's a long story, long stories. I love people's stories. I think that's another reason that I love it. Because you just hear about these people's stories and everyone has a story. I mean, obviously this is based in Mormonism, but everyone has a story and they're all so interesting. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, love, I love that. You know, you know that I'm a big believer in, in, in hearing people's stories and getting out in the world and experiencing things because I think that's the best way for us as human beings to really have that empathy that you were talking about towards other people when you don't you have no knowledge or understanding of you know what somebody else's maybe like faith or beliefs or politics or whatever what they are it's hard to empathize with them and, and I'm not saying you have to agree with them correct it does help you have some sympathy empathy understanding and I think that goes a really long way, long way. yeah yeah having a I don't know a more understanding society so I'm a big believer in that and I'm glad you're doing it I mean I'm not yeah <laughs> uh, yeah not being Mormon not like yeah not wanting to be Mormon I just I really enjoy that and the one thing about John Dolan he's he's old he's like a like a little he's maybe like maybe my husband's age he's around that so he's a little older than me but 
he his claim is not his claim to fame because he's he's famous in his own right but he always he says this often he's like he went out with Renee Zellweger when he was in high school <laughs> he dated her he dated Renee Zellweger and I was like that's cute she was not Mormon he grew up in Texas and so that's that's that whole thing so I always thought that was super funny I was like oh John you're so cute anyways <laughs> so so okay okay oh, fun. I, I I love that yeah that, that's great my next one is actually I'm like looking through my list like which one do I want to go to next I think I'm I'll tell you guys about how I built this and this oh, one I love that one posted by Guy Raz and so probably a lot of people are familiar with this with this particular podcast it used to be on NPR now I think it's part of Amazon Wondery so this podcast is really about the stories that tell the stories of business so it really just kind of deep dives into how some of these bigger names became who they who they are the things they had to overcome I wouldn't say it's so much a business podcast, even though it's about businesses. It's really like, it's really telling stories of perseverance, overcoming, creativity, ingenuity. And I just really love them. Some stories are more interesting than others, but I think, and then I think part of it is just that Guy Raz, who is the host, is such a great interviewer. He really he really helps to move the story along and does such a great job of it. I've listened to so many episodes. Yeah, <laughs> that is a great, great, I've listened it's to so great, many episodes. Podcast. If I'm on the treadmill, this is what I'm probably listening to just because it's so, I don't know, so entertaining to me. I find these stories just so inspiring and I think they help me in my day-to-day to just feel like, okay, don't give up. Like, yes you can move past whatever this obstacle is to build something, you know, successful, even if it's not business, just in your everyday life. So I really enjoy it. Highly recommend it. I'm always recommending how I built this to to people. I'm like, oh, listen to this episode of how I built this. You're going to love it. Yeah. It's so good. I feel like that, that podcast is so good because it, it shows you like, you see a business. It's like, you see it all the time. Like, like, you know, you buy their products, whatever. And you just like, oh, they're successful. They've always been successful. But when you hear the backstory of it, you're like, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to think who I listened to recently. And he was talking about how he actually was bipolar. And it had not been, it was not under control. And he was talking about how a lot of the like episodes he would have, they, they weren't so crazy until at one point they were, but they weren't so crazy that you would have thought he was bipolar. You would have just thought he was a very exuberant entrepreneur because I think entrepreneurs often have that kind of like over the top, you know, kind of personality a lot of times. And so he was just kind of like, I have it managed. I have it managed. And then until of course, one day he didn't. And he does talk about that in this particular episode I think it's actually like how I built this lab or something like that but but you're it's one of those stories like you were talking about where you think oh this is this really successful company I'm trying to think remember which one it was this really successful company and then yeah but I think it was nope that's not it I can't remember but anyways you think it's this really great company. They ended up selling to Walmart. I can't remember the name of the company, but I can remember who they were sold to. (laughs) (laughs) Like he worked there for a period of time and it was like so successful. But what you didn't know was what he was, the mental health struggles that he was going Uh, through behind the scenes. So yeah, it's, it's really good. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I listened to that podcast a lot, kind of got away from it, but yeah, that has really great stories in it of like, you're just like, Oh, I remember we were listening to the Stonyfield Farms one once when I was cutting my husband's hair mm-hmm. and holy, but Jesus, that Stonyfield Farms, they've had, they had a, they, 
I'm like, are they ever going to get it? I mean, obviously, you know, they are because they're everywhere, but it's just like, wow. And then my husband was even like, oh my God, do these people ever like, are they, do they ever make their business go? And I said, yeah, they have a very successful business, but he's like, wow, that's a lot. So I feel like it's inspiring for that reason, because you just keep doing the next thing. You keep doing the next thing. So, all right, cool. My next podcast is called the Bravo Docket. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So this is based about reality TV. It's two attorneys and they break down mostly Bravo TV shows. Although they did one that was Bravo adjacent, which I was very excited about. So it kind of has two loves that I have crime, reality (laughs) TV, and the lawyer shit that goes with it. So just freaking, freaking love that. I mean, there's some things that I don't agree with, like their takes about people. It's not necessary that I think they're they're not giving legal advice, but they're breaking down like this and and that and like different, um, like so-and-so got, you know, charged with this and what does that mean? And then their lawyer filed a this and what does that mean? And, you know, all these different things. And so, so that's, that's all sound for sure, because obviously that, but sometimes, you know, when they say, well, they're not making themselves look very good. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's your opinion. I mean, <laughs> that's your opinion <laughs> about that. Like you don't like that person or what, you know, whatever. So Okay, but so there's some things that I don't like about the podcast, but moreover, I like the podcast. They just did one on, they did one, I just listened to this one. It was called fun. It was funny because this girl sent a cease and desist letter to somebody on the show. It's cease and desist. That is how you say that, right? Cease and desist. Cease and desist, yes. 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 <laughs> so this girl on the show, she's threw a glass of wine at somebody. It was a whole mess. And she's like, I'm sending you a cyst and decease letter. <laughs> and it was so funny on the show when she said it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, that is not what you're doing. You are dumb. it's a cease you want this person to cease and desist yes that is what you want them to do learn vocabulary not cyst and deceased you don't have a medical problem and then die i mean maybe you want that person to die he was wishing for them to have a medical problem and then die yeah but that is not what you were sending them no. as part of a legal process. No. So they explained what a cease, it says the name of the podcast is cease and cease and desist letters or cyst and decease letters. It was funny because as soon as I read it, I was like, that's when Tamara sent a cyst and decease letter to Gina, stupid, stupid, stupid girl. Um, so and then what 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 do cease and desist letters really mean? What do they do? Why do lawyers write them? Blah, blah, blah. All these different things. And so I already knew what they were and why they exist and what they're intended to do. But it makes it this podcast makes me feel smart because I'm like, oh, see, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I am not dumb. I knew that. And so, and then there's things that I learned. Like there's so many things that I learned and they just did. There's a lady, her name's Jen Shaw. And she just actually pleaded guilty to a federal crime. And she was adamant that she was going to fight this charge. She was going to fight it Tuesday. She's going to fight it for all the people who can't fight it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, bitch you're guilty (laughs) and because all these people under her they had done a podcast which I found out about all these people in her organization they got charged and and found guilty for for crimes not as big as hers but 
they were all in the organization. I'm like, no, 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 you see what the federal government is doing here. They're building a case by finding all of these people guilty. And then these people are going to testify against you. And also the federal government, they're not bringing charges against you unless they really know they can win. It's not like a it's not like a state charge or anything, you know, this is like the federal government government who has boundless, uh, boundless money and endless amounts of time <laughs> to yeah. have to, to do investigations and, and gain evidence and boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes worth of evidence. I guess they had so much evidence that, that her attorneys had to file like, uh, like this, crazy motion to like because they had they were like I can't we can't go through 300 and whatever amounts of evidence that you've given us to go through in this amount of time and I was like geez that's gonna take a year like how are you gonna go through that they're not gonna give you a year but okay so anyways anyway so Jen Shaw just pled guilty and so they kind of broke down like they didn't obviously know why she pled guilty. Nobody knows why she pled guilty. Obviously, because she took a deal. Duh. <laughs> that is why she pled guilty. And so they broke down, like, because she said she was going to fight it. So it was a little bit of a surprise when it just came down the pike. I remember I got the, I looked on, I was like, holy shit, she pled guilty. Like, that's crazy. Because she had been in New York uh, filming, but also for her pretrial stuff. And then minutes before she was supposed to go in for a pretrial stuff, they put in this not they're this guilty plea. Minutes, minutes it's, before. It's amazing what people will how people will change their mind when they're faced with the reality of what might actually might happen to them. Right, right. And so yeah, so they broke down like what does this mean? What does she plead guilty to? You know what will the judge do during her sentencing in November? Like he still, the, what she did end up pleading guilty to could be up to 30 years in federal prison. And so could she, you know, the judge still could go ahead and give her that amount of time. But part of her plea deal agreement was that if the sentencing was 14 years or less, she gives up her right to appeal but that doesn't mean the judge has to follow that yeah so you know so there could be but it's going to just depend on what the judge is going to going to make her serve so it's it's interesting because people are all over the internet people are like she's only going to serve one year and i was like doubtful highly highly doubtful (laughs) so anyways i love that because i just it's it's crime, it's legal, it's reality TV. And I think obviously these girls are attorneys. So uh, ladies, these ladies are attorneys. So, and practicing attorneys. So they are no dodo birds. Yeah. Yeah. They know what they're talking about. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, so that's my number three. Okay. Well, next on my list is a beauty podcast. Ooh. Yeah called Fat Mascara and Love is hosted by Jessica Matlin and Jennifer I can't think of her last name right now but anyways they are both I think they're both they one is a former beauty editor and the other one is still a beauty editor I believe but anyways they know their stuff that's my point they're journalists they've worked in the fashion or the fashion magazine industry for quite some time I think I want to say it's one of them was just left a position at Harper's Bazaar. I have read her articles a bazillion times over the years. They are, they're very good at what they do and they know beauty products. So they usually do two episodes a week now. Wow. Following them for a while. Yeah. They used to do like, like the beauty news at the beginning. And then you would get an interview with some industry insider on you know something beauty or fashion or whatever related uh-huh now they do two separate episodes so one episode is just beauty news for the week and they talk about their favorite beauty products and what's going on in the industry and then the second episode is just the just a full podcast that's the interview with whoever that week 
and I love it. I feel like it's very, like they're very, they're not pretentious at all, but they are professionals. So I trust their, finally, their, <laughs> their take on things. Yvonne and I have, have had a little bit of a conversation about professionals, which we will talk about in a future podcast, but finally, yeah. <laughs> because of the fact that they are industry insiders, they get the best guests. People who I, I'm just like, wow, that's a great, that's a great guest. That was a great interview. They recently did an interview with Kat Marnell, who, if you, if you've been in the, like, fashion magazine world for a bit she she was a beauty assist, I think she was assistant beauty editor at Lucky as well as doing some other things she wrote blogs and blah blah blah, blah. and Kat Marnell has has talked a lot about her addiction that she had over the years but they did an interview with her recently and I was like I'm so like I was glad to hear the interview because I have been a quasi fan of Kat for a long time oh I'm a fan of her writing. I'm not a fan of like her lifestyle per se. Okay. Um, And then I heard this interview and I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm glad I heard this. If you want, if, if you don't know the story of Kat Marnell, Google her and then listen to this interview and see how you feel. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I kind of feel about Kat the way I feel about Britney Spears. I'm happy that you're at a better point in your life, but I think you still need some help. Okay. That's fair enough. And that's just my opinion, obviously, but, but she's done a lot of really amazing writing and, uh, and that I'm a big fan of. Okay. I like it. I like it. I'm going to have to listen to that episode. I like that podcast a lot too. Okay. I'm trying to figure out which one I want to go to next. Shit. I thought, oh. Forever 35. That's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. I haven't listened to it in a while, but that used to be on my rotation for quite a while. So the gals that do this, I'm trying to find it now. Where where are you, Forever 35? The gals that do this, they're kind of, I think they're in their 40s. Like early 40s, I want to say. And they they are they 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 do these like super cool episodes of different things about beauty beauty and mostly beauty i say it's kate spencer and dory shafrir i never can say her last name right (laughs) and they they just talk about like all kinds of different lifestyle things, all kinds of different beauty things. They usually have like a guest on, they talk about their favorite products. It made me feel good that, oh God, uh, Kate, she shops a lot at Costco. I shop a lot (laughs) at Costco. So I was like, you know where you get all the things. So she's like, yeah, I get this at Costco. So I just love their, their show. They have a bunch of, they talk about different products. They talk about all kinds of different things. So yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's a good one. And funny that you mentioned Forever 35 because I think they're the producers maybe of G Thinks Just Bought It, which is oh another or the final one on my list. It's hosted by G Thinks Just Bought It is hosted by Caroline Moss. And she essentially has guests on to talk about items that they love and have purchased and would encourage other people to purchase. You can understand why (laughs) I'm so attracted to this podcast Yes, because it has to do with shopping for things. But unlike myself, who just mostly shops for clothes, G thinks just bought it. Shops for everything, home goods, cosmetics, clothing anything anything that you can like love to tell people about you'll find on this show she has a very active facebook and instagram community where you can 
you know, learn more about different products that people in the community recommend. Pretty much if I hear it on G Thinks Just Bought It or I see it on her Instagram or Facebook, I, I'm willing to try it. You know, like if I'm looking for something and I see it on that group, then I'm like, okay, I'll give it a try. Yeah. I find the recommendations to be very, very good. Yeah. That is a good Facebook group to belong to because if you are looking for something like this morning, when I was doing my morning scroll and somebody was looking for, it's like shit you didn't even know you needed, but you're like, oh, I need that. Somebody was looking for, oh, she's like working out in her garden a lot or outside and she needed something to put her phone in when she doesn't wear like leggings with pockets or she doesn't want to put her phone in her bra. So there was this thing and a couple of people had recommended they put the link up and it's this like you fold, you put it in your pants. That sounds bad, but you put it like in the waistband of your pant, your leggings or whatever. And it has magnetic holds on each on the inside. So it's like a little flap. And you can put your things in there, like your phone and your keys and your whatever. And then you just put it, you can put it in the back, you put it in the front, whatever. And yeah, so I looked at it, it's like 20 bucks on Amazon and they come in different sizes. What? Yes. I was like, oh my God. I, so I saved it to my list, of course. Because <laughs> it was like pockets to things that don't have pockets. Yeah. Okay. I can get behind that. Yeah. So you can have your phone with you, you know, put, have your driver's license, have your phone, have your keys, you know, I think it'd be great for the gym when you don't, you know, don't have those side pockets in your leggings or whatever. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like that group is really good for that kind of stuff. And it's kind of that like group mass recommendation where like if enough people get behind it you're like okay that must be worth trying and I trust it as opposed to like reviews on Amazon yes yes because people people will be like use this thing it works or da 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 da. yes a hundred percent yes 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 agreed agreed like I've gone on there it's like best backpack for travel or whatever and I ended up not getting one that they recommended I got something on my own which when it came I was like oh I'm so glad I got this one not that the ones that they recommended were bad I just there were so many recommendations I got kind of overwhelmed (laughs) yeah yeah that can happen agreed so then I was like I can't do this I gotta just do this on my own so anyway so that was that but yeah it's a good it's a good group a good podcast yeah I really like it too yeah awesome okay so my last this is my last one right that's it yeah okay unless you have more well I mean she could go on forever but 100% I'll just keep it to this one it's gonna I'm just gonna go with Dateline okay it's a it's a it's a classic yeah I'm just gonna go with Dateline I go to the Dateline podcast a lot because it's solid it's like you get Keith Morrison, you get <laughs> Bankowitz, whatever that first, I don't know what his first name is. You get, oh, the lady that comes on, Natalie Morales. Like you get, you get, you get the normal people. You, Lester, this is Lester Holt. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it's, it is just like, you know what's going to happen. It's very, and I just, you know, there's some things that don't, convert because I think they just take the audio from the show and put it into podcast which yay for them so there's some things when they're showing something on the tv where you're like yeah I don't know what that is but it's not like necessary per se but I just love it because again crime story it it definitely goes into the legal aspects of it I love it because I feel like the psychology of people like I'm just like, oh, I feel bad for like the people, their loved ones have died in some horrific way. And they're like, I know that person killed my whatever, my husband, my daughter, my whatever, right? And then you're just like, but every evidence is just like, 
nope, that, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> that, that, that's not a thing. And so, so you feel bad for people. Like to me, I'm just like, gosh, it makes me feel bad for people because you, you know, they think that this person killed this person or like if the person gets convicted and they're like, yep, that's the right person. And I'm like, but it wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, the evidence seems to be pointing in some other direction or yeah what? and then it's interesting to see it, again back to the legal system it's interesting seeing how the legal system works because like this evidence didn't get to get shown because it they proved it they said it's inadmissible for whatever reason and it's like oh my god but why like i'm always just like oh my god that's so ridiculous i can't believe this is so ridiculous like that is crucial information and and then you know sometimes they'll talk to the jurors afterwards and they're like well if the jury if they would have if the defense just would have presented more evidence to and i'm like but they couldn't <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> There are times when I'm talking to you, I'm like, yeah, she should have been the one to go to law school. And then there's times when I'm talking to you and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad she didn't go to law school because I think your whole, your whole experience would be ruined. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, it's like, this is part of the reason I, I don't watch a lot of like legal based shows or whatever, whether it's reality or fiction is because you now you once you are a lawyer you think like a lawyer and you can't kind of can't get away from that and so you you feel bad obviously like I'm still human but also you see things through the eyes of the legal system how it exists and like through laws and stuff and you're like okay yeah, I empathize with how you feel but here's what the law says x y z you yeah can't meet x y I'm, I'm sorry. Like, that's not enough. Get out of here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah no, I think that's a tough thing. I mean, I'm, I know that there are lawyers out there who, who, who struggle with that as well. And one of the things I remember talking about in law school, when you're talking about like defending like criminals and people who, you know, maybe done, actually done something wrong, where you kind of have to think about you're, you're defending quote unquote, the legal system, as opposed to the, you know, the client and their bad behavior. Correct. And, but it does kind of like ruin things for you. <laughs> Cause you just want to be like, that's not fair. You need to do it like this. You need to do it like that. And then, then your legal brain kicks in and like, okay. That's why. Yeah. I think it, it, like, I'm listening to this podcast right now, which I have like, 12 minutes left and I was like oh my god I gotta know what happens but it's the execution of Bonnie Bonnie Lee Blakely it was Robert Blake's wife uh-huh. and I was just like I don't really know if he killed her or not I mean he was found not guilty so <laughs> I was like I don't really know if he killed her but I don't really know if he didn't kill her either. <laughs> like, I'm like, wow, this is, this is a lot, but there was some evidence that the jury couldn't hear. And so, I, yeah, so I don't know, it's, you know, I, I have a, I have a very empathetic heart for jurors because they can only go based off what they know and what they're allowed to hear. This is very, very, very true. I remember being a juror one time on a, on a trial and it, it it ended up getting settled before it got to us to decide but it's nice yeah it got pretty far in and based on what I had heard so far and this was a criminal trial that involved um that involved some violence towards a minor and so there was definitely some You, you felt a particular way because of course. there were children involved in this case. But also, and we kind of talked about this as jurors amongst ourselves once it was all said and done, where it was like, you're missing X, Y, and Z based on what we've been told about what we're supposed to be looking for. We can't, we're not sure we can convict this person 
because we haven't satisfied the requirements they've given us. And right. so there was that, that feeling of like, we want justice for these children who have clearly been harmed in some way, traumatized, like you could see it, you knew it, you felt it just by their testimony and the way they talked and whatever. But according to this like legal system that we have that says you have to have all of these elements, we weren't given the information to fulfill that. And so it was kind of like, you know, and obviously the, the trial didn't finish. So we don't know what all we might have been given. Correct. The end, but based on what we had seen so far, it was just like, this guy's going to get off and these children are going to suffer. And I think that makes you feel bad as a juror, like to know in your heart that like something is wrong, but you just can't do anything. Yeah. I think that's the worst part. And I feel like it's so hard because I used to feel like, I, I now having listened to so much true crime and legal cases and, and things I'm like you know justice is not really it, that is like a it's subjective it's to whoever you know what I mean like because yeah a person could go to prison for killing your loved one and get the death penalty or or serve a life sentence or whatever right is that justice served i don't know because i i don't that whatever happens that still doesn't bring back my loved one or right. it doesn't unvictimize my loved one if my you know my loved one happens to still be alive or whatever you know it doesn't it doesn't go away or that my person doesn't come back because because this person quote unquote got justice you know like legal justice but it doesn't give you necessarily personal justice if that's what you want to call it it definitely doesn't bring any solace yeah exactly so and maybe to some people it does because I've seen yeah some people they'll they're they ask them like how did you feel how do you feel after this and they're like exactly what you know they they wanted that that person to to be held accountable and that's what some people need and mm. to me I'm just like yeah I mean it's nice if somebody's held accountable but I'm also now counting on that because I still have to what do I have to do for myself so it's it's taught me a lot about like it's very interesting because I'm like would I have made a really good attorney or would I have made a really good psychologist or a psychiatrist or something because I just think it's so interesting to, to like these people, I, I sometimes feel bad for, obviously I feel bad for the victims, duh, but I obviously I feel bad for the people that are left behind because, you know, they suffer as well too. They suffer not knowing or sometimes they don't know sometimes it's unresolved or sometimes it is resolved but they still have these residual like hurt and anger and sadness that they just can't I don't want to say get over but pack up with them and take it with them and then you know like kind of take it on the road with them and 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 hopefully it, that that luggage gets a little lighter as time goes on yeah. but I just, it makes me like delve into the psychology, just like how people think in the psychology of people. And I, I don't know, like, I think that way too. I'm like, oh, if I would have been an attorney, would it have been like so great? I could have fought for justice, but then I'm like, but is there justice? And then you see how the legal system works and you start to really see how the legal system works. And you're just like, holy hell, like, there's so many like oh you can't show this well fuck that's like fighting putting a prize fighter with one arm tied behind his back like ah how do you fix it you know what I mean so yeah I mean I will I will say like I still believe in I, I still believe in in people to a certain extent and I believe that we we still need good attorneys out there yeah. to they are the other arm. So yes. if you send somebody into the ring with one arm tied behind their back, the attorney is there to be that other arm and to find ways around 
this major piece of evidence couldn't get in. And so we're going to use this other thing. We're going to attorneys are tell stories, especially in, in criminal and civil cases that actually go to trial. You're telling a story and you're trying to tell the best story that will convince the jury within the bounds of the rules they've been provided with that your client is is right. And I think that's what I loved about the legal system because I am a storyteller. I love to write. I love to tell stories. Anybody will tell you. And that part I really enjoy. And I think we need more advocates like that to get out there and tell the stories so that they're heard. I feel like a lot of things happen as far as laws and regulations are concerned because nobody hears the stories. And so yeah. it doesn't apply to them. They're like, eh, that's, you're making, like, this is just a made up thing. No, there's people out there with stories to tell. And those stories need to be told by attorneys in courts of law so that the changes that need to happen, happen. Yeah. Without those stories, without that litigation, we just live in a bubble. You know, we just think- Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, we think these things aren't happening because they didn't happen to you. They didn't happen to me, so they're not happening. They're happening. And yeah, the more we can get those stories out, and oftentimes the attorneys are the people who are telling those stories in the legal system. It's how we get to tell those stories. It's the medium that we get to use to tell those stories. I think the better, the better our system is. So I still have some faith in it, despite the fact that it's it can be limiting and feel like you have a set of handcuffs on. I still think, I think there's something there that's worth fighting for. It's super frustrating. Like some of these things are just super frustrating. Like, it's just so interesting to me. Like, I'm just like, oh my God, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Like, and like, we've listened to podcasts from Dateline that are, one one of them was, had taken place in this, in the county like the surrounding area where my husband grew up but he knew all the areas he didn't know any of the people but he knew all of the area and we watched it on youtube that one because we were like that's where that is that because i've been to his town but man and oddly enough he didn't know any of the people that were involved in it even on the because he has friends that are are in the sheriff's department and are police and so he didn't actually know anybody which i thought was interesting because a very small town but but my husband always says, oh, yeah, if you're going to do a crime, do it in Grant County. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, so <laughs> fucked up. This is so funny because somebody was telling me that their, 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 their older son was concerned about traveling to somewhere specific that was a larger city because of the crime that was involved. And I said, well, I've watched enough Dateline to know that this stuff happens in little towns. <laughs> The most devious crimes happen in small town America, according to Dateline. A hundred percent they do. <laughs> you never hear of shit happening. Like Tucson, I guess I've, there's been a few of Datelines in Tucson. I didn't know any of the people, but I mean, I had a friend from high school that, well, she wasn't my good friend, but she was a friend of a friend and I knew her and her ex-boyfriend murdered her. And because he didn't want to pay for child support. Yeah, he's still in prison. And we write letters to the parole board to have him like stay in prison. But oh my God. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, Tucson is not a small town. It's It's not a big city either. But I'm telling you, like, these things that I'm concerned about, about going to small town America and somebody offing me. And let me tell you, like, where did he take her off into the desert? where there's nobody exactly and there's a lot of nothing in the middle of america Have you there been is <laughs> there is it's crazy so i'm like yeah is there crime in big cities yeah people are getting like you know their handbags stolen and their stuff stolen and they're getting yes i'm not saying that people are not getting raped and murdered in big cities i'm not saying that but more than likely you are going to be the victim of a crime if you live in a small town I feel (laughs) you're or if you have a life insurance policy (laughs) yeah watch out for those life insurance policies 
beneficiaries, they are coming for you. For I, you. I've watched enough detective movies and TV shows to know that is a you follow the money. Yeah. <laughs> the money. Yeah. Life insurance is a huge one. Anger, obviously, is another one. Another reason to off somebody. There's there's a few different reasons that they go through. But I'm telling you, if there's some money involved, or if you don't want to pay money, like in a divorce type of thing, you're going to, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Because like, okay, so I don't watch, I don't watch or listen to a lot of true crime, but I do watch a lot of detective shows. Oh, yeah. What do you watch? mostly like older stuff i'm a big big fan of columbo and i do watch uh, midsummer murders midsummer mysteries i don't remember what it's called it's on the bbc i think oh okay it's been around for like 16 seasons and the same thing happens all the time but i do love it so did you watch did you watch beretta i have watched beretta i don't like regularly watch it but yeah good old robert blake yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old Robert. <laughs> good old Robert Blake. Maybe that's where he learned to get away with murder. I mean, they did say that he said some of these things, like I can, I can, I can do this. I'm an actor. I can whatever. I don't know. You know. Well, it's it, he was obvious. He was not. He was found not guilty of yeah. killing Bonnie Lee Blake Bakley. So, but so was O.J. Simpson. So that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know <laughs> if we could like go back in history and like change the way some things happen like I wonder how that trial would have played out I mean yeah that's an interesting thing because I think back like what happened with that like how is this so much like media attention yeah and yeah he's such a big celebrity I mean he had his dream team it was very dramatic like if the if the glove doesn't fit you must acquit you know like so much theatrics there was there's just a ton of theatrics and like I just knew like I knew exactly where I was when the verdict came down and I was at work and then my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, called me and was like, oh, my God, did you hear about OJ? And I'm like, no, what happened? He was found not guilty. I knew it. <laughs> I mean, I I knew, I feel like, and I felt like that back then in the 90s, like OJ's guilty as sin. But, but I just didn't think, based on what we saw, I just didn't think these jurors were going to find him guilty. Yeah. And I was right. <laughs> And that's how I felt about Casey Anthony as well. I was just like, I watched that from the beginning to the end. And I was just like, there's just not enough evidence to show that she's guilty. Like most likely she did do it. But if you want me to, if you want 12 jurors to with, you know, to not even to have, there's zero reasonable doubt. Well, then you better erase the reasonable doubt and you haven't done so. Yeah. 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 So. I, I think that's where I come at it very pragmatically and practically. I'm like, yeah, you didn't do it beyond a reasonable doubt. You didn't provide enough evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. So if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Choose it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Well, if we have not given you enough cocktail party fodder today i don't know what what podcast will <laughs> tuesdays is more like not as fraught as mine are. <laughs> i guess is the best way to put it Yeah, because when i listen to podcasts i as as i am with television i don't i don't need to see a whole lot of reality i just kind of want to escape i want to feel good i want to you know whatever so Although, I mean, I think I have some pretty good, I think I have a well-rounded podcast list here. No, it's great. Yours is great. Mine is just like in a, in a genre. It's funny because after Jamie was like, oh, thanks for the info for these like different podcasts. Like, I'm going to go to you. I had my other client was like, hey, can you recommend some good true crime podcasts? I'm like, yep, I'll be right back. 
She's <laughs> like, which one should I start with? I was like, oh, start with Father Wants Us Dead because you can binge that whole one. It's done. Then go to this one. Then go to this one. You are you are the queen of true crime podcasts. <laughs> we'll give you that for sure. Somebody, you, have, you have a you have a you have a niche. Oh yeah. Somebody was like, oh Yvonne, are you gonna do a true crime podcast? I was like, oh no, that's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. And I, I think like, we I think we've learned just from the woman formerly known as episodes. Yeah. Haley Page. Yes. Like how much work goes into these kind of legal-esque podcasts. And I applaud all of the podcasters out there doing the hard, heavy lifting of like finding the information to do their podcast. Yeah, you have to like, you mm-hmm. have to do the research. It, it's a lot of work. And I'm like, oh no, I don't, I, I just like to listen to the stories <laughs> and recount and say, go listen to this podcast. That's what I like to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely more on the audience side and the, let me promote this yes. side as opposed to let me create one. I mean, I'll talk about a podcast, but I don't want to do the research for it. No. <laughs> yeah that's not that's not my that's not my wheelhouse anymore like I can do it but it's too it's a lot of work and I I would feel like if I missed something or I got something wrong or because you have to like obviously do your research but then you have to like fact check it and make sure that it's right and I just wouldn't want to do a disservice to anyone yeah absolutely so Uh, besides I mean I can talk about fashion and beauty and style all day long yeah and that I know like the back of my hand like the back of my hand exactly yeah (laughs) there we go I will not steer you wrong I'm professional Yvonne is a professional we will not steer you wrong but when I when I decide that I want to get away from all of that for a minute these are the podcasts where I go there you go I love it I love it all right well I guess we'll see you next week when we have a new and interesting podcast to share with you yes it should be fun meanwhile don't forget to oh yes subscribe to our podcast become a strategist on our patreon it's at patreon.com slash the chic strategy and it starts with three dollars a month and you get our like all of this chatter we've had at the end here you get like a full dose of that every single week we call it the chic chat and we paste it exclusively to our strategists our patreon subscribers so don't want to miss out on that yay awesome all right we'll see you next week see you next week bye you just listened to another episode of the chic strategy produced and edited by your fabulous co-hosts Tuesday Morris and Yvonne Rosales. In between episodes, you can always head to the Chic Strategies Instagram page for inspiration and to go behind the scenes. The Chic Strategy is powered by subscribers like you to keep all of our podcasts free and accessible to everyone who needs some extra glam in their lives. Consider becoming a strategist in our exclusive Patreon community. Membership starts at $3 a month and it's easy to join at patreon.com slash the chic strategy.